This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. I'll take and you. This is the Center in the Saint. Here's former and modeling prodigy. Luke Anderson and bespectacled drifter Will Duckins on 1080 The Fan. Well, it looks like my guy Luke Anderson got himself a nifty little hand modeling gig this right? weekend. So, uh, I don't know they, how he did it either. His hands are hairy. His hands are, I mean, but some people are into that. You know what I mean? Some people like a nice hairy man or woman. You know, some people are, are into it. I'm not, but eh, to each their own. A hairy woman. Yeah. Hey, man, there's some people that absolutely love like a woman's hairy legs. I have a friend that's like, he's, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's creepy, but it's just weird to me. Well, hey, everybody likes their own thing. And if you enjoy, uh, Waving your hand across a woman's hairy leg and then hearing her have a woman's voice that matches that hairy leg, then, you know, go for it. I mean, hey. You only have it. one life, Rashad. One life to live. No, no. I actually, there, it's funny. So there is actually a, a, a young woman that I saw the other day and absolutely gorgeous. Had a sundress on and looked and, man, it looked like Sasquatch low-key. But she was comfortable <laughs> with it. She was comfortable in her skin. So, go, girl, go ahead and do what you're going to do. Uh, as you can tell, I am not Luke Anderson. As we said, man, he's out with the nifty little hand modeling gig. Uh, they called in the the medium guns. No, they called in the big guns. The big guns, definitely the big guns. Well, hey, that's what they're that's going to call me. In big fact, gun. by the end of these two hours, I'm pretty sure that Luke will be uh, in the unemployment line. Well, I don't want to put nobody out of business, but mm, sometimes I mean, your talent can do that, Rashad. I mean, if 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 the fans like it, then I will definitely come over here. <laughs> And get traded from the Sunday show to the Saturday show. I am Rashad Taylor, co-host of Sports Sunday, which will be on tomorrow from 9-11 with the one and only Mike Lynch, who is, I mean, might be one of the nicest guys ever in the world. Can I also say something about Lynch? That Lynch has been uh, soccer shaming people because of the World Cup so far uh, this past couple of weeks. Uh, he's basically been just walking around and trying to test me if I've been keeping up with the World Cup. The only thing I can keep up with the World Cup is one, Neymar's hair, which uh, if you have seen some of the uh, memes online, there's people who are showering. and uh, With the the top ramen? Yeah, with the top ramen noodles in their head, and that's pretty much what Neymar's hair looks like. And that's what I've been paying attention to for the most part with the World Cup. Mike Lynch has been shaming me with that. When you're a model, you can do whatever you want. 
you know, Dude's for hot. the most part. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, it, it doesn't make me. Some guys make me a little uncomfortable. Like Michael B. Jordan, I get a little uncomfortable looking. You know, looking at him. So like, man, I always feel insecure about my this this dad bod I've got, and he's got all that going on. So yeah, when you're Neymar, you can dye your hair like Takashi six nine if you want to, rainbow <laughs> colors if you, if you if you so feel. Well, not only that, dude. I mean, you're on the world stage. I guess what you're saying, which I agree with, is that uh, you know, if you're one of the best soccer players in the world, why the hell not? You can do, do whatever what you, you want. want to. You can do whatever. Especially right now, the world is watching. Well, except for me and you, clearly. No. But the rest of the world clearly cares. I wouldn't have known anything about it had I not been on Twitter or Instagram or whatever the case is. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, you can follow me at TaylorMade503. Will, what's your... Will Darkens 33. Will Darkens 33. Uh, make sure you get at us on the Better Today text line, 55305. Interact with us. We got a lot of stuff coming up in the show today. Uh, man, good luck, Will. Thank you for asking me to come in. Like, I always, I had fun the last time I did Center in the Saint. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, it wasn't man. a hard decision. No, it was, it's, I mean. You are infinitely better than Luke Anderson. Let me tell you something. <sighs> By that, this time in the show, Luke would have been telling jokes for about 12 minutes and then some story about uh, working at a hotel in Hawaii. Yeah. Please stop. Please stop. But but continue talking about me. Here you go. <laughs> hey, what did you do for the 4th of July? Because that's pretty much what this week's been dominated by. 4th of July? Um, It, it was about to be real low-key. I was just going to chill in the house yeah. and not really do much of anything. Then friend of mine called and said, hey, we're going to come over and barbecue at your house. I said, cool. And then some other co- friends called and said, hey, uh, we got party favors. I said, even cooler. And so <laughs> they came over and it was, you know, kind of one of those things. My son got a chance to play with some other little kids and uh, it was pretty low key. You know, I didn't realize how drunk I was until I got ready for bed. That's what always happens. You always have about a couple beers. And then when you start talking to people, that's what I feel like it. Uh, now, this is going to sound like a depressing question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but have you ever gotten drunk alone? All the time. Now, getting drunk alone, I feel like it kind of wears over you for a little bit of time, and you notice it. You notice when, you're, oh, yeah. when you've had about three beers, and you're like, okay, I definitely notice it. But I feel like when you're at parties and you've had about three or four beers. Because you're typically doing that with, as a group. Like, yes. you know, somebody goes and gets a couple beers and brings them back, and this is maybe collectively as a group your third or fourth beer like sure. usually drinking at home i'm not really counting i'm just drinking no. until i have a nice little little buzz going or something until like that. you pass out there's nothing wrong with drinking alone unless it's like <laughs> you're emotionally drinking alone like that's the part when it's when it's kind of weird yeah. yeah well don't be an emotional drunk i think that's what they call a, a drinking problem touche Hey, did you see on Twitter, too, there was a couple awesome celebrity things uh, from 4th of July. The first one was uh, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. Did you see that uh, he was asking some fans about where should I spend my 4th of July? Is anybody throwing a great party? And this dude who lives right next to Quinn Snyder uh, sent him a picture of this massive water slide and was like, hey, you should come over to our party. And then like... An hour and a half later, that same guy took a picture of Donovan Mitchell in his pool, like shooting baskets. Awesome. Like at first it sounds really cool. And then you go, oh yeah, it's probably a massive mansion because it's right next to Quinn Snyder's Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, My 4th of July has never been as cool as that. You know, as far as, uh, hey, Damon Stoudemire, you you should come over my house and you should, everybody should, you know, play Marco Polo. Like that's never, that'll never happen. Which NBA player would you least be stoked about? to come over to your house for 4th of July. Let, let's say that you put out a, a question out on Twitter, right? And you were like, hey, I'm I'm throwing huh. this party. All my friends are here. Like any NBA player, come over. 
Like, who would walk through that door and you'd go, oh, damn it. Like, he's here? Like, man. Oh, uh, this is going to be a thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like J.R. Smith would kind of come in and, and mess up the party. Although, he he's going to bring the Hennessy. So, he That's might true. come in on some other stuff. So, I don't really know about J.R. Uh, I think that might be the one dude that's like. Because, number one, he may be my least favorite NBA player of all time. J.R. Smith, Smith and Swaggy P are my least favorite NBA players ever. Okay, I can understand Swaggy P, but is J.R. Smith just because of the uh, the shot clock thing? No, it, it it's kind of, he's just, he's a bonehead. And he just does bonehead stuff all the time. Like, it'd be different if it was just like a, man, things happen, man, okay, just a small mistake. But that whole shot clock thing, man, that wasn't the first time J.R. Smith has done that. Like, that's just the type of, he's aloof. He's like there, but not really. I think he's still kind of drunk from the night before. <laughs> But yeah, Jr. is one of those dudes. Like, I, I I assume he'd probably be a good time, but for the most part, I'd be more worried that he's going to turn the party out. He's going to come without a shirt, you know, all type of stuff. Like, yeah, like he's going to come already turned up. Oh, oh man, come on! You, but but to be fair, nobody's coming to the party. Not just on a, a little bit of a feeling. I'm just, at least on six. I think I would be scared if Derek Fisher got there. And he started kind of conversing with all the women at the party. And then Matt Barnes showed up later oh. because, you know, a fight would ensue. Oh, absolutely. And Derek Fisher wants <laughs> no smoke with Matt Barnes. And no. I think we all kind of kind of know that. Number one, this is this is fellas. If you're listening, you don't barbecue on another man's grill. You don't. If, if Will invites me to his house and he's having a barbecue or something like that, man, I don't get up and start poking at the chicken and start turning. The, that's not my Maybe that's come not my up. role. Will you come up behind me and go, ooh, that's pretty good. Will you give me some advice or maybe some encouragement about no, me flipping some I'm meat? No, I'm not. This is your ch- – I'm, I'm going to judge when I eat it. You know what I'm saying? So this is your chicken. These are, are your asparagus. <laughs> you go <laughs> ahead and do whatever you whatever it is you need to do. I'll just taste it when I'm done. It looks good, though. It looks awesome. That's your role. Man, that looks great. I've Man. had that with friends, too. And I want to know on the Better You Today text line 55305. Uh, does anybody have any annoying kind of grill uh, habits that their friends do? Because that that's the one that I always get is that like if you're grilling at your house, I'm a uh, pescatarian, which you're probably just going to start laughing at, which is the fact that I only eat fish. I get it. But like if I'm barbecuing something like that, I'll have a friend come up behind me and be like, oh, that looks really good. Ooh, yeah, look at that. Ooh, flip that over just a little bit. They won't come and, like, actually take the tongs from me, but they'll give me that backseat driver thing with the grill. But it depends. If it's like if if you're grilling my steak, yeah, I'm probably going to pay a little more attention because I'm very specific, like I believe most of us are, about how we like our steaks. So if it's something like that, then yes. But if you're sitting there making the salmon for everyone or the chick, I don't care. Do your thing. (laughs) Like, I, you know, sometimes I don't even look at the grill. But I'm saying if you're – Dating a woman who just happened to, you know, still have her ex's grill or something like that. Hey man, go get your own grill. Go get your own damn grill. Don't <laughs> don't cook on that man's don't cook on that man's stuff. Uh, we got a text here on the uh Better You Today text line. As far as I'm concerned, one athlete owns the fourth of July in my memory, and that's Jason Pierre Paul. Uh he ret- who retweeted a picture or put it on Instagram of his finger from or his hand from last year yeah and for those who don't remember jason pierre paul um obviously thought he was colossus and was made of metal and had a firework in his hand it blew off and it blew off his index finger 
a part of his. It's like three fingers. Like three or fingers are missing, so now he wears the the big club. But I think he still had a pretty good season last last year. Uh, let me just say this: I don't want to ever see that dude's hand again. I feel like I, he didn't really have to post that picture. Like I, I don't really want to see that. I know it was done probably as a PSA or something like that. But at the same time, like. We all get it, dude. You were stupid enough to hold a firework in your hand and have it explode, which, by the way, you are an NFL player. Your body is your commodity and your tool, the way you make money and the way you further yourself. So why are you holding on to a firework? I was doing primetime with Luke on Thursday, and I said I had zero sympathy for JPP. I heard that. And everybody just went crazy. I agree with you. I agree with you. That was a silly thing to do. Like, I'm not sure in what world that would be okay and why you would think (laughs) that it wouldn't blow up in your hand it is a firework but you know i digress some of us just common sense isn't as common as you may think but we got a pretty good show for you actually my man will lined it up for me i didn't have to do much of anything so hey man good look for that group effort so uh we're gonna talk a little free agency we're gonna talk lebron james we're gonna talk twy leonard that's been the big talk this week we're gonna get into good versus evil at 945 uh can the nfl handle guaranteed contracts you know Aaron Rodgers seems to think so, so we'll dive into that a little bit. Also, everybody seems to have forgotten about Jameis Winston and all those things that have happened, and we question the NFL's integrity. At least I do, so we're going to get into that a little bit later. Talk some Blazers. Of course, we got crystal balls at 9 or 10.45, excuse me. Uh, but first, man, we're going to talk some Blazers. Yusuf Nurkic, going to stay in the Blazers jersey four years. We're going to talk about that when we come back right here on Cinnamon State on the fan. And I want lots of money I don't care about clever I don't care about funny This is The Sinner and the Saint On 1080 The Fan I heard people die while they're trying to find them And I'll take my clothes off well, that song really picked up because I was going to say, this is really sad at first. I don't know why. That just sounded. It's Lily <laughs> like Allen, man. Oh, well, I like, like it now. jacked up on a Saturday. That's a, that makes my shoulders move to a little dip. So I like it, man. Rashad Taylor filling in for the great Luke Anderson right here on Center and the Saint. Got my guy Will Darkens behind the glass, man. Glad to be here. Thank you guys for, for having me for now. Um. We got a text here on the Better You Today text line. The best part of Nurk signing is the fact that you got him for only $7 million more than you paid Myers Leonard over four years. Yeah. That's, you know, Myers Leonard, I think, what, $41 million? Yep. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic signed a contract four years, $48 million. So he's going to be here in the Blazers uniform, although the Blazers now have $130 million in guaranteed contracts and 14 guaranteed contracts. Uh, it's a lot of money. $6 million over the tax and uh, a tax bill of $9 million. So basically, uh, we the got whole, room for one more superstar. Oh, uh, one more superstar. Now, and we have to uh, make sure that we had court Carmelo Anthony, obviously, because uh, he's he's out with the Thunder and uh, he, he's a really good commodity. No, but now, now you want Melo? Like, I mean, when you could have really made some moves to get him when Melo was still kind of, and I, Carmelo, Anth- Carmelo Anthony is one of my favorite players of all time. Like, I mean, I, I loved, he's one of the easiest scoring dudes I've, I've ever seen play basketball. Like you really have to appreciate how easy it is for him to get buckets. Like when he was at his best, like in the Western conference, Denver was in the playoffs every year. Yeah. Every he was single good. year. He, he was great. I, I guess what I'm just saying is that like the trailblazers at this point, you have to now set out, I think 10 years. Yeah. Give yourself now 10 years to be competitive because 
I don't see Damian Lillard sticking around after his five-year deal. I feel like that after that point, he's just going to look at this team and he's going to say, it's a dead-end road. The West is way too filled up. C.J. McCollum is basically a carbon copy of him who's not as good at ball handling and a little bit worse at defense. And now you've kind of hitched your wagon to Yusuf Nurkic, which for the most part, I don't think he really is that much of a return on investment. He didn't average very well this last season. And really, he didn't really match that play that he had in the last 20 games of last year. So I I don't know. I I guess it's an okay investment at this point. But if you're looking long term, this just kind of seems like you're stalled. Well, so I'm kind of on the fence about Nurkic. I think this year is going to be the most telling year of any of them because his first year as a Blazer, that 20 games that you mentioned, uh, he was incredible. And he was I think great. it was he revitalized and, the team. And I think it was just because he was the really the the anti um Myers Leonard mm-hmm. and at that point the anti um Mason Plumley. And he like, was kind of the anti NBA, right? Because he had this style of play that was isolationist that, you know the, that was something that Mason Plumley couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Was spot up on a guy and shoot over him or anything like but I think what's happened is in that stretch, man, Nurka just had his nose broken uh I think a couple times once. Uh, he's lost a couple teeth, I think, in between there. Like he's he, uh, there was a stat that he was the most hit in the face center uh, in the league, and I think that changed the way he finished. So all of a sudden, instead of Nurkic being that Bosnian beast that we thought he was, as far as going up and just dunking in people's faces, it became more finesse. Now I think he was a little more concerned with getting hit in the face. That's why the Blazers needed to go out and get a power forward who could take some of that away from him, at least defensively or some of that stuff be able to help him out a little bit, and they got a point guard. Yeah, Seth the, Curry, the, definitely. In, oh, my gosh. And then they signed <laughs> Seth Curry. Nick Stauskas. Uh, initially, I was talking about Anthony Simons. Oh, right. uh, Anthony Simons, the 24th overall pick. And mind you, it's the 24th pick. So calm down. There weren't a whole lot of picks better than that. There probably were, but we don't know just yet. But Go ahead. It just seems like to me with these picks and these moves that they're making in the offseason that they're really not making a play for anything big like um, that Neil O'Shea is always talking about. It, it just seems like to me the Trailblazers are in this holding pattern where they know that they have to kind of appease Damian Lillard, right? He's your franchise player. He's the guy who you, whose opinion, at least player-wise, you're going to take the most into account. And so now you kind of are at this point where the West is so full and – you have this kind of opportunity, quote unquote, this rumored opportunity in LA where they possibly might give you some trade assets for Damian Lillard. Yeah. Like Brandon Ingram, Kyle and, Kuzma, and two first round picks. And at this point, I think as a, as a Blazer fan, would I hate to lose Damian Lillard? Man, absolutely. I think that would be a big blow. In the history of the Blazers, at least as far as I know, um, there have been two other dudes that have been first-team All-NBA that wore a Blazer jersey. Two. Bill Walton. Try Clyde Drexler. Just so happens the two faces of the franchise. Yeah. And then here comes Damian Lillard. Man, counted out. Plays with a chip on the shoulder. Snubbed in a couple All-Star games already. Man, he comes out, makes first-team All-NBA, instantly solidifying himself as a top-ten player in this league, but yet and still all the other teams, and we'll talk about free agency, all the other teams got better for the most part. All mm-hmm. the other teams that are important or, con- or deemed important got better except for the Blazers. The moves that you made were you need bigs, you need 3 and D guys, you need people that are going to be able to stop. One one of the biggest Blazer issues is there's no one that can stop anyone on the perimeter. 
So guys just drive right past you. You went out and got a point guard. Okay, cool. Maybe you'll get something in the second round. You got another guard. Then you went out and signed Nick Stauskas. Then you went which, out and signed Seth Curry. was like, wait, what? Before that, you <laughs> let go, and you just let uh, my guy, um, I can't even think of his name. He's been gone already. Um, just got just signed with the Brooklyn Nets. I'm spacing right now. Oh, Ed Davis. Thank you so much. Yeah, I and then Dame, time th- time. Dame Ed, threw out that uh, heartbroke emoji. Ed, Ed, and yeah, so that lets you know where your star stands right now. And then there was a, a tweet that asked Dame um, if would he be happy playing with LeBron, you know, and he was like, I'm typically a happy camper anyway. I, I kind of feel like with Damian Lillard almost, and maybe this is just too hot of a take. This is a hot take, Rashad. Get your oven mitts on. Let's hear it. <laughs> Damian Lillard, I don't think, fits in here in Portland. And, and a lot of people will kind of say, well, of course he does because he – you know, reflects the culture here and everything. Dude, that guy fits in way more in L.A. Like, I think he would really shine in L.A. It's hard to be a rapper in Portland, trust me. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. It's hard to be a rapper in Portland, especially if you already do something great, like Dame is great at basketball. But, man, as an artist, man, Dame is legit. Dude, as an entrepreneur, that guy would shine in Los Angeles. And I just feel like that Portland, I I mean, you were kind of talking about this earlier. Look at the type of stars that Portland's had, or at least franchise guys that Portland has had in the past, right? We had Brandon Roy in the late 2000s, who was a really understated guy. He was great, but he wasn't somebody who was super flashy. Brandon Roy was the third best two guard in the NBA at that point, behind only Kobe and Dwayne Wade. Yes. And so then you had somebody like Marcus Aldridge, who was extremely underspoken and really didn't want any attention on on him whatsoever before that who the hell knows who you had i guess rashid Rashid, bonzi wells i guess but you've never had a guy like dame who's so bonafide star status somebody who's a rapper who's entrepreneurial who wants to get into business deals and i feel like portland is way too small of a market for this guy like you if he leaves yeah i'm gonna be really disappointed but in la he's gonna thrive way more yeah i just i think more than anything um it just doesn't look like they've the Blazers or Olshay has done a great job of putting things around him. Like, we yeah. just got a text here on the Better You Today text line. To, um, to be fair, Olshay is trying to make trades, or do you think Woj would be breaking or would be leaking more info to him to make deals? It's like, I, I don't know. What, what but deals it doesn't can you seem make like he's point? tried to. Yeah. So it's funny. So you tried to move up, but you told Anthony Simons, we're going to work at 24, we're taking you. But you keep saying that you, yeah, we tried to move from the draft. No, you really didn't. Because in the same vein, you said, but we were taking Ty Simons at 24. Well, to be fair, Rashad, you need to bifurcate those things. I guess, man. <laughs> I, I just thought I'm, I'm just one of those guys that I'm looking at the moves that Olshay's made. And really, outside of the, drafting Damon CJ, man, home runs, right? Yeah. Uh, Going out and trading Mason Plumley for Nurkic at the time, people looked at like you're trading a bench player or us the starter for a bench player. Makes no sense. Nurkic is actually numbers wise, he's worked out much better than anything Mason Plumley. He got ever close provided. to averaging a double double last season. Oh, he, was man, good. he last last season Nurkic's numbers uh, fourteen point three nine rebounds, almost one and a half blocks. That's legit. I will take that. Like you don't need to give me seventeen rebounds. It would be nice, but man, a good sixteen and ten. That's what you need. You need a third guy, somebody that's going to be consistently 17, 18 points a night. They don't have to give you 20, but they just have to be able to produce every single night. And there'll be some nights where he gets 25 and 13. We've seen Nurkic have those big nights, but can you do that enough? And I think that's the issues right now. We saw in the playoffs that DJ or DJ CJ and Dame 
aren't enough. Drew no. Holiday, a guard that we never talk about through the year, completely torched him. Well, and let's also just be very honest with ourselves. We are the Toronto of the West on every single level. We're the Toronto of the West. We have two all-stars that are guards. We have okay role players. Maybe we don't have as good of a bench as Toronto did this year. We have a coach that's highly regarded around the league, and we always kind of get stopped where everybody expects us to. We have way too high of standards for ourselves, like, when Toronto said that game one against Washington this past year was going to be their game seven, whatever. I I mean, it just seems like to me that you kind of have to blow up the ship here. I mean, Yusuf Nurkic, this was okay to sign him for four years, but look at the NBA landscape. That type of player doesn't exist anymore being a star. Look at somebody like Dwight Howard. Maybe comparing those two players isn't the correct thing to do at this point, but Dwight Howard is somebody who's so ancient in the way that he plays that mm-hmm. he's been dealt to what four or five different teams in the last three yeah, years. He just doesn't work anymore. It's no. almost an archaic way of playing. We got a break here, but I want to get to a couple texts here on the better you today text line. Uh, the Blazers are pathetic. They're just spending money to spend money. They need to know that it's time to tank uh, the Blazers. Uh, <laughs> the Blazers are the stay at home wife. Oh, I love that. I mean, that's, you know. Okay, the Blazers are the stay-at-home wife, and Myers Leonard is your pothead son who stays in the basement, and you don't know how the hell to get him out. Seriously, he's always got his music up. You don't know if he's, you know, exploring <laughs> himself or smoking pot. Like, you don't, you know, he's you know, he's doing one of the two. But you just <laughs> don't, either way, himself. you don't want to go down there. Uh, let's get real. Dam- Damian did not deserve first-team All-NBA. I think you're crazy, sir or madam. Damian Lillard was what he finished fourth in MVP voting this past year. Yeah. That's definitely worthy of first team all NBA name a guard that was really as important to their team as important to the team as Dame. That's not named Steph Curry or James Harden or James Harden. Well, actually really Chris Paul, because we found out later in the playoffs, Chris Paul was the bigger part. I mean that, that definitely helped, but you know, James Harden was really the guy that kept them going. They don't have James Harden there. They're a, a six seed at best with that roster. Also, I'd like to say that Evan Turner would be the awkward kid that the Blazers uh, dad obviously would be Neil's whole. Shea is always trying to uh, encourage to try new things. Yeah. Well, man, I guess in old Shea, we trust <laughs> question no. mark. Well, and that's the other thing too. Like, uh, you know, if old Shea gets canned, which I, I can't ever see happening and I don't know why, uh, you know that uh, Terry Stotts kind of has to go. Yeah, that's un- unfortunate. You have to kind of. Which sucks because Stotts is the together. one piece that we'd actually like to keep. Yeah. Okay, right. coming up next, man, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and other NBA free agent talk. We'll talk about that next. But first, Will has sports. I'll tell you what, you guys know how to give it, have a good time early in the morning. Hey, we rock Elton John. I, hey, I love Elton John. I'm a big fan. So, funny. S gets crazy around here. We just we play Elton John. We drink coffee. I, we watch Wimbledon. Man, watch out. <laughs> watch out now, man. Call the party police. It's the whitest weekend you could ever expect. So, here's a funny story, and it's not necessarily about Elton John, but um, I'm... Um, I'm downtown. I'm buying some bus tickets for or bus passes at uh, Pioneer Square at the little TriMet thing. And um, I come out and there's a gentleman standing there and I think he's waiting for his car to pull up. And I'm just kind of standing there waiting. I'm on the phone. 
And, um, you know, people kept coming up to him and just shaking his hand and everything. He was like, okay, okay. And so he, he got to talking to me because I had a big stack of, you know, student bus tickets, bus passes, excuse me. Yep. And he's kind of like, man, you, you, you must take the bus a lot. And I was like explaining the, the program that I work for and everything. And people kept coming up to him and shaking his hand. I was like, man, you must be pretty good at what you do. You know, kind of a shorter, balder guy. And um, finally someone came up to him with a record and had him sign it. And I looked at the name and I said, I'm sorry, sir. Are you, are you Billy Joel? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sir. And just kind of shook my hand. I was like, what the hell, man? Dude, how like, did you not recognize uh, Billy Joel? Man, he was just a regular man. Listen, most celebrities, I think if we saw them just like in person, he was like, because he's a short guy. He wasn't a, wasn't a big dude, you know, so. Right. Just kind of talking, just a man, kind of sharper, older man, leather jacket on, you know, and everything. Just man, standing but there it's with Billy Joel, standing like, there with the suitcase. Mind you, I love Billy Joel. You know what I'm saying? I've, you know, for the longest time, is one of my favorite songs of of all time. You know, but you know, I had to tell him that. I was like, man, I'm I'm a fan of your music, but I had no idea that's who I was standing there talking to. Man, it was that's freaking cool. awesome, no, man. That that's cool. one of the better ones that you could run into. I was kind of hoping that you'd say you're in into Elton John. Because that would be even... Please. I feel like there'd be security <laughs> and like, and all of them have like sequence jackets or something like that. <laughs> I'll so, have huge sunglasses yeah, on. Yeah. So I think Elton John, I think he'd be one of those guys that's almost impossible to touch, like almost kind of trying to say something to Michael Jackson. But I think it's kind of uh, interesting that even Billy Joel didn't have a bunch of security guards around It was weird. It was weird. Joel's, Joel's big time, dude. Like he, um, I forget when it was that he came back and played at the Rose Garden. It was, like, it was just... Uh, this is when I saw him. I want to say six, seven months ago. Six, seven months. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't know that Billy Joel could really sell out a house. I knew he was popular and everything, but like, uh, when I was working at KPTV and news came out about that and they put tickets on sale, they said that they sold, they sold out. out immediately. Oh, they sold out immediately to the point where like they put it out, uploaded it and it was gone. People the, were sitting there waiting. And for the record, my rendition of Uptown Girl of at any karaoke spot, uh, will be number one on the night. I Just say that. So, yeah, just saying, come see me at the Ambassadors. Careful, don't play it. You're going to have some uh, women on the women on the Better You Today text line you might text in. Oh, watch out now. <laughs> uh, Twitter's TaylorMade5, <laughs> at TaylorMade503, at WillDarkens33. Make sure you get it, my guy. One more one more text about the Blazers before we go into the free agency. I was going to read a couple of them, but please. Oh, uh, P1 Dustin's saying, uh, Neil needs to move CJ, Neil Olshay, of course. It's that simple. We can't roll the same team out from last year. I mean, I'll take CJ for Kuzma straight up. No, I'm not doing that, dude. I'm freaking leveraging CJ to go get uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and, and I know that if we got Kawhi Leonard on a one-year rental, there's two possibilities. One, he's not going to stay the next year. And two, he'll literally just sit there and go, I'm not going to play for you unless I go play for the Lakers next year. But you got to take that chance because it was like we were talking about, right? Like, you don't have any other choice. Like you guys are now one of the most irrelevant teams in the league. No, you definitely don't have a choice. Although this is a trade that I make. I mean, the biggest issue, at least in my opinion with the Blazers, is the fact that you have no length on the perimeter. Uh, Kuzma is a six, eight wing guy who can play the two going to play the three. He can shoot. He can drive. He's athletic enough to where he can dunk over you. That's the one thing that I don't think the Blazers have on their squad right now is a almost kind of a Nick Batum type of player that's somebody that can kind of a Swiss Army knife. And can I do mean, a little we bit have Evan Turner. He's just not as good as Nick Batum. And yeah, and, or as good as Shabazz Napier, you know, yeah. for that matter right now. So I think that's kind of the, the one thing that you would uh, that you would actually need. Um, one more text before we get going. Uh, 
I think Olshay is a two uh, is two faced and lies, but I can't say how much of a contract hamstrings were Paul Allen bidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, I said the same thing. I was okay. like, what? <laughs> uh, isn't that why Allen hasn't fired him? It's like, I mean, well, a lot of this is Paul Allen wanting certain things, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you, what does Dame want? And I think that's important because the NBA is very much a player's league. Yeah, and you have to kind of go back to that meeting that they had earlier uh, this past year where it was uh, Allen and Dame kind of meeting and talking in private. You know, they had this requested meeting and – you know, the notes that came out of it, at least what sources said, was that it was just Damian Lillard expressing his want to say, hey, I want to be on a championship team. Like, you need to build this thing. But at the same time, man, Paul Allen just doesn't seem like he really wants to go all in and just spend this and splurge his, way over that luxury. Basketball is his side chick. Yeah. The Seahawks, the, the Seahawks are his, his yeah. wife, and that's the one that he really cares about. You know, the NBA is just the one that he gets the nice condo for, you know, pays a couple bills, Gets some Birkin bags and stuff like that. Gets to look like, disappointed yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 the role of the Blazers. Like we're important to Paul Allen, but not really. No, you know, it's just just kind of the Seahawks are his bread and butter, and why not? The NFL is the most you know profitable league around. So the Blazers pay play, uh, pay for his yacht. That's exactly for the gas for his yacht. That's exactly <laughs> what the Blazers do. Have you ever seen a pic of his yacht before? No, I feel like it would just depress me. Dude, look that thing up. It's freaking. He's, he's the richest owner in sports, yeah? Uh, man, that is a. At least in the NBA. That is a brazen take. I don't Hold know. I'm, I'm just asking. I'm, I don't know. I heard Most, that. I don't know if that's actually the case. That's where we go to Google. Okay. Uh, so before Will gets the, the answer, man, we're going to dive a little bit into free agency, and we'll probably talk a little bit about it uh, after we come back from good versus evil. But, um, the big, the big chess piece off the board, obviously, number 23 to the Lakers. And I know that's hard for a lot of people here to swallow. Um, it, it was it was tough for, for, for me for a second to swallow because that's LeBron James playing in the Western Conference now uh, for the first time in his career and first time in 15 years. Uh, the Blazers will see LeBron four times, three to four times this year. Which is awesome because that – Gives you four chances. That gives well, you, that gives you two chances. That gives you two, which is something that we haven't had is to see LeBron come to town uh, multiple times. So that's a plus. Uh, but it just makes you know LeBron James is already going to be him himself is a seventeen win team. Just LeBron James on his own. I feel like he can play one on five and win seventeen games a year just himself. Add that to a, a Lakers team who just won thirty five games this past season, and all of a sudden you're looking at a you're looking at a playoff team and a team that could win somewhere around 50 games if they keep the same roster intact. And that's bad for the rest of the NBA because if they can win 40 games now, imagine when they actually do get Kawhi next year. He's not going there this year. If I'm San Antonio, there's no way I'll let go of Kawhi Leonard right now. Oh, no. God, no. Well, and you might be able to – I mean, some people were talking about the idea that Kawhi Leonard might even be uh, might even stick around for the trade deadline into next year. That the Spurs are so indignant about all this that they're just going to say, "Yeah, dude, whatever. We're not going to trade. You can sit on the bench for this entire season." Because for the care. Spurs, you want to get something for him because otherwise he's going to walk and you get absolutely nothing for Kawhi Leonard. So maybe a trade to the Lakers or to whomever would be good. But you got to look around the NBA and say who ha- who has assets that you actually want uh, if you're San Antonio. Okay, so. We got a break. Hold on. Okay. Richest owner in sports, Mukesh Ambani. Okay. Who is he? <laughs> Mumbani Indians. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. Oh, of course, right? I love their stuff. Steve Ballmer. <laughs> Steve Ballmer was ranked number two. 
Paul Allen is ranked number four, 20, uh, $21.7 billion. So he's top five richest owners in sports. Yes. So there, there you go. Like the Blazers are just something that he plays with for fun when his wife, the Seahawks, is out of town. Dude, AKA. Dan Gilbert is up there. Um, he's 13th, which kind of surprises me because I didn't know that Dan Gilbert – had any other investments than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, you know that Paul Allen's super rich, right? Because he has Microsoft stock. Of course. And he does other, like, little tech things. But, like, Dan Gilbert? Really? I don't know. I don't know anything about what Dan Gilbert does. I, I mean, he just life. screws people, really. Yeah, basically. He screws them without kissing them. But this time, he actually wrote a nice little letter about LeBron. So after he screwed him. Oh, yeah, here's, dude. Here's the money on the nice That letter. thing was so just, like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to please fans and make sure people don't burn down my house. That yeah. was pretty much that letter. But I didn't see any burnt LeBron jerseys this time. So that's that shows maturity for Cleveland. Okay, when we come back, man, 945, good versus evil, right here, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, bro. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. They want something where a guy like Anthony Simons can go compete and then, if need be, come and be on the Blazers bench later that night or the next day. And that would certainly... Uh, Fit the bill, I think, in BC. I think they wanted it closer, though. That was a bald man who sounds super awkward uh, saying the phrase Rip City on the ass on television. Jason Quick. You remember when Jason Quick said Rip City on the ass? Come on, man. Come on, Jason <laughs> Quick, man. <laughs> He's talking about the interesting idea floated out by the Portland Trailblazers this week to put a G League team in Vancouver, Canada. Now, reports say the games would be played at Langley Events Center, and the last time NBA talent played in the city was the Grizzlies before they moved to Memphis. Mm -hmm. The Blazers have been associated with G League teams before, but never to much success. Do you ever think that you'd find yourself going to one of these G League teams? Or uh, games? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, th I think I would. Uh, there's a lot of really talented dudes that play in the G League. Um, that just lets you know exactly how good the NBA is. Like, it sucks because the NBA is the best basketball that you'll see, which at times looks super sloppy. So sometimes going to see the guys that are considered less talented, you know, people think it's a bummer, but some of these dudes are so talented. I'm watching the, the uh, Summer League play now and just looking at some of these guys and how they move, and these are real NBA players that just won't be on a team. And so, yes, I would absolutely go to a G League game, especially if it was somewhere close. Sure. Which, by the way, I was uh, watching a live broadcast of the Big Three League, Ice Cubes. League I loved it. Morning. I watched it last night. Absolutely. Did you really? It's, it's, the, it's the most entertaining basketball on right now. Dude, Amari Stoudemire has dreads now. Yeah, he, he started growing him like uh, his last year in New York. That, somewhere around there. That doesn't compute for me. That man, that guy was such a beast, man. I'm, I miss I'm old Amari Stoudemire, man. He was. It was awesome. Pre-dreads. Man, pre-dreads. Yeah, that dude stuff in anybody's face. I found a vicious rhythm. The judges in front of me were all screwed up. They, they couldn't see how, what number I was on. I just I just had to ignore that and just keep eating. Uh, 74 hot dogs. I, I, ooh, man, I, I murdered it. And uh, I, w I was aiming for 75, but at 74, I'm happy. That was a man with the talent that everybody's born with, but decides to continue just living their lives. 
I'm talking about Joey Chestnut, of course. He extended his reign as champion eater at Nathan's famous international hot dog eating contest. On the 4th of July, he downed 74 wieners into his face and buns in 10 minutes. This is the 11th time he's won the top prize. And actually, a judging error cast cast some initial doubt around his record after judges didn't see him taking the dogs from two different plates. Uh, Is this a sport? No. This is, I don't think this is a hobby. This is like sad. This is, you know, it's almost, you know, stress eating or something like that or sadness eating. Like, well, and no, it's not. I mean, I get why, you, you know, it's competition and there is a, a championship and a, and, and a monetary, you know, prize that, that somebody can take home. But yeah, right. You get to win diabetes. You know, but, but what's cool is, you know, if I'm just something like, I don't know, if I do archery and I win the archery championship, that's something I can kind of brag about to some people. You know, I'm a, I'm a gold medalist. In archery, you know, or I'm a silver medalist in, you know, the luge or, or, or something crazy like that. But is this something you can take a girl on a date and be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm the world champion in hot dog eating. Like, cool, man. So you think you're going to get into a girl's pants easier if you're an archer? Bullseye. Absolutely. He said injuries in his neck had not healed. Connecting the dots ends definitively. The Seattle secondary that was the backbone of a ferocious defense that won him a Super Bowl and was a yard shy of another. Richard Sherman is going to suit up for San Francisco. He's going to continue to play for him, sitting out during minicamp. And Cam seems to have reached the end of his road. So that's a wrap on the Legion of Boom. That was the coolest bald guy in sports, Scott Van Pelt. He's talking about more bad news for the Seahawks this offseason. 33-year-old, oh, I'm sorry, 30-year-old safety Cam Chancellor released a series of tweets last Sunday that did not specifically indicate he was retiring, but that a neck injury has forced him to end his career soon. One part of the Legion of Boom suffered a career-threatening neck injury last season and says the final test of his injury showed no significant healing. Does seeing a career like this make you less inclined to have your son play football? Uh, Yes and no. Um, Yes, because we know football is a dangerous sport. We know it's the most dangerous sport you can possibly play. However, there are tons of guys who go their entire career and, you know, don't have any significant damage or injuries as far as 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 far as we know. But, uh, you know, I think every parent wants their student or their kid to compete in something. Uh, football is just kind of one of those things that I'm not sure even when my son is, you know, he's six now. But when he's 18, what's the game going to look like? How, uh, how what safety precautions will they have taken? Uh, will there still be things like high school football and varsity football like that? And so. I mean, I, I still would let him play, but I would just make sure that everyone is aware that there are risks that come with it. Just like in basketball, I can tear your ACL, tear your ACL, and you'll never play again. So, Well, and then also, are, are you more of the opinion that possibly you'd even just say, hey, it's okay if you play football, but I want you to do it at a later time? Well, like, my son wants to be a pro wrestler. Does he so, really? Yeah, he wants to be a wrestler. And so, Wait, like, like, like college WWE, wrestling or like, like WWE? He WWE? Wants to be a, he wants to be a WWE Dude, that's wrestler. pretty awesome. Yeah, so that's that's his career goal right now at six years old. But uh, <laughs> so if I'm going to let him wrestle, man, I, I'd have to let him play football as well. Well, dude, if he's going to be a wrestler, one, he's going to be jacked up, and two, he's going to be quite the actor. That's the, that's the plan. That's, that's the plan. The you, plan. Should, you should see him cut a promo now. It's pretty funny. That's cool, man. I never thought about uh, being a wrestler when I was. Uh... It's all I wanted to be when I grew up. I actually, I actually trained to be a pro wrestler for uh, two and a half months. Two and a half months? That's a lot of time, Rashad. It was a grip. It, it was a grip of time, and it. I'll say this: there's nothing fake about it. 
All right, well, uh, you're not too new to Sinner and Saint, but we do do a segment now at the end of uh, Good vs. Evil called My Favorite Story of the Week, where we take a look at something in the news that made me a little bit happy. Let's see it. All right, so poachers in Africa were hunting some rhinos, right? Okay. This, this is already st- starting great. And it is being reported by the Washington Post that some of the people that went out to go find them because they went missing for about three days found only their remains and lions nearby. Basically, some lions went out and ate these poachers before they could take the horns off of rhinos. Good for them. I friggin' love this. Because Good for them. This is totally, this is totally vengeance for the whole Darwinian complex of, hey, we're a bunch of humans who can't beat animals, massive cats that weigh 600 pounds. Like, we're going to use guns and whatever types of tools that we have. It's like, no, dude, if you think you're going to go poach a rhino horn, like you're going to get beat by nature. Yeah. very. Like, I freaking love it. Number one, rhinos are ginormous. You know, if you've never been to the zoo before or watched National Geographic, they're huge. Um, they're incredibly fast, though they don't look it. So I'm glad. Like for anyone trying to get that for whatever reason, why would you need a rhino's Tusker horn for I mean, well, there's a trade to it. You get a lot of money on the black market for the horns, and horny. it's corny. Go go. Oh, find I thought a, you said horny. Corn, yeah, corny. Go find oh. another. Go find another hustle because you know rhinos are pretty vicious. You know hippos are like the most dangerous animal there is. Hippos aren't anything. I could take a hippo. You could not take a hippo. Yeah, this is a this is a famous hot opinion that I yeah, have. I you have. I, and I think hippo. I've heard this, and there's no way you could take a hippo. Let me it tell would, you something. Hippos are really stupid, and I could outsmart a hippo. Could you? Could you? Can you swim faster than a hippo? Now that I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all I'm saying is that I could definitely outsmart a hippo. Could you? Okay. Could you run faster than said hippo? Run fast? I don't know. How fast is a hippo on land? I I don't I don't know. We we'd have to look that up. How fast are hiccups? But I, I I think that you would be murdered uh, by those um, hippopotamus. I'm just saying. You're just putting that out there. No, I'm just. I mean, you know, and this is not a, it's not a diss towards you. You I mean you played for Oregon State? You're a yeah. I'm are, a I'm a friggin' you badass athlete, dude. I could take you know? a hippo. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I don't I don't know that you're actually fast enough to. You know, outrun 19 miles an hour for hippopotamuses. Oh, yeah, dude. I could definitely outrun a hippo. Okay. 19 miles an hour. That's not that fast. It's not that fast, but how fast do you run per hour? All right. Well, I ran my fastest 40 time was a low 4.6. Okay. So probably hippos top speed faster than average human. So this is well, I am not an average human. I'm faster. You play for Oregon State. There you go. There it is. All right, guys, coming up next. Oh, hold our, on. We got to do the tag here. Sorry. There's this a tag. A, Man, so you got to tell me this I stuff. I know. Well, this is a money thing. Okay. Well, we got to pay Good the bills. Good versus evil brought to you by 808 with two locations, one on East Burnside and the other on Southeast Woodstock. Find them at 808.com. All right, go ahead. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Second hour coming up next. NFL, they're giving out May, uh, uh, guarantee contracts. Well, kind of. And so we'll talk about that when we come back next, right here on Center of the Saint, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.